0: This is Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. I'm Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates, WealthWisconsin.com. And we have another super dad, Brad Allen. How are you, buddy? <laughs> Good. You getting any sleep with that new baby at home? We're getting or? there. A couple hours uh, extra per week. So. I'm wondering. I have, never, I have not seen you without a coffee for a few weeks here. Yeah, right?
2: yeah it's always in hand.
1: That's right. you got to stay <laughs> awake, right? Not getting much sleep at night, but you got a beautiful baby boy at home, yeah. so we're excited for you. So, got a great topic for folks this week, and... You know, it comes down to planning. I think you and I talk about having that income plan a lot. We talk about Social Security, requirement of distributions, you know, structuring your income, tax strategies. But maybe a step before that, if you're still working, is deciding when do you want to retire. That kind of helps us stage the goal for how much we have to save and how we're going to get there. And, you know, that single question is the concept behind something that's a little bit newer in the industry called target date funds. They're growing pretty quickly in popularity. They really debuted in 1994, so when it comes to financial investments, Brad, they're not that old, but they're a pretty simple option for retirement savers. Um, most of them are mutual funds, so and they're based on the year that you plan to retire. So let's say you're 50 years old today, and you plan to retire at the age of 65. You would select a target date fund for the year 2033, 15 years from now. The idea here is that the target date fund is actively managed for the rest of your life between now and that 15 years, rebalancing to adjust the risk as you get older and closer to retirement. Now we're seeing more and more retirement savers that are choosing target date funds. I think it comes down to, Brad, you know, folks just, if you look historically, right, at 401Ks, the problem has been people just don't know what to do, right? I mean, what we might refer to as a retail investor, which, you know, we we have a lot of clients, you and I have done a great job. They've educated themselves and they they did a pretty phenomenal job, I would say, managing their own 401ks. But as on average, folks that are managing their 401ks, that's not what they do for a living. If you look at the statistics, the returns just aren't that good. Mm -hmm. You know, most people, they get their quarterly statements, they say, okay, these couple funds did good last quarter or last year and they choose that. Now, we know that. Probably might be one of the worst ways to pick your funds. You know, past performance obviously is not indicative of future performance. So, you know, the target date fund has become a popular option because I think people can kind of pick it and forget it, if you will. There's now about 1.2 trillion dollars invested in target date funds. Now that's a 600 percent increase over the last 10 years, and I think part of that increase certainly is due to employers automatically enrolling workers in the target date funds, but a lot of people are picking them on on their own. Yeah, you know, you kind of have to be your own advocate
2: today. Uh, It used to be that we had pension plans and things like that where you'd be taken care of in retirement, but now you have to start picking the allocations in your 401K, and it has to be there for you for the rest of your life. So I think... There's just a comfort zone with some of these target date funds. You know, They know there's somebody in the background kind of managing that, and the closer that they get to retirement, the more it'll automatically pull back on the risk so they don't have to pay as much attention to it. So um, I think they're great funds that you
1: can utilize, but you have to be careful about putting all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, I think you can bring up a great point about being your own advocate, a little bit off topic, but... I know you do a great job in particular educating your clients about, you know, really being your advocate and, and, you know, kind of sticking up and doing the homework that you need to do. Then there's some great resources, Better Business Bureau, you know, where you can look into the background of companies, see what their rating is, see if they've had any customer complaints. But nowadays, I mean, the Internet has made things so much easier, right? As investment advisors. We have a form a d v we have to you know disclose things you know both on our personal records and our in our business records that's all public information nowadays there's great websites like finra dot org that's f i n r a dot o r g you can go and, and look at people's advs you can do there's a button that says broker check and you can pull that up and look at their background information maybe don't pull up brads no i'm <laughs> kidding all you're going to see is pictures of lots of kids or something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no i'm joking around but you you know it's a great great opportunity look up your current advisor you're considering doing business with somebody new check them out. Mm -hmm. Look them up. Even us. I always tell people, you know, I don't have anything on my background, but don't take my word for it. Look it up. Check us out at the Better Business Bureau. Pull my broker check report from FINRA.org. You really want to be your own advocate. You want to do your own research. I know we all have those old fears, right? I feel like sometimes it's that that heavy question in the room that people are, are afraid to ask, but it's really how do I know you're not another Bernie Madoff? Well, there's a lot you can do to educate yourself, you know, one of the ways you can do that is how the money's structured. Is there a third-party custodian? So after the break, Brad, let's talk a little bit about protecting yourself from those type of financial scams. We'll get back into the target date funds as well. But I think the power of having that third-party custodian can really help protect you. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. Getting you ready to sail into
0: the sunset. This is Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ.
1: You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. I'm certified financial planner Tony Drake with WealthWisconsin.com, joined by Brad Allen. And we're talking about, Brad, the rise and popularity of these target date funds, in particular in 401ks. But I think, you know, we get to talking about before the break about being your own advocate and you know, how to protect yourself. And and I mentioned there sometimes it feels like a heavy looming question in the office when I'm meeting with a new client or maybe someone who's considering working with us. And it really boils down to, you know, how do I know you're not the next Bernie Madoff, right? And I think it's a very valid question. In fact, I've kind of taken a position that if clients don't ask it, I like to bring it up because I think if they don't, either they're maybe thinking about it Or maybe they don't know to ask it, and it's my responsibility, I think, to bring it up. And and it it really boils down to making sure some simple safety nets are in place, if you will. So we use a third-party custodian. We happen to use TD Ameritrade. And, And if you can visualize for a second how that works, TD Ameritrade holds the assets, meaning, you know, let's say you own stocks, ETFs, whatever it may be. They hold the assets, They hold any cash that happens to be sitting in your account, any checks that are ever made, as much as you'd like them to be made out to your name, Brad. No, I'm (laughs) I'm teasing you again. But seriously, checks are made out to TD Ameritrade. They're never made out to Brad or I or the firm or Matt or anybody else. They're made out to TD Ameritrade, the third-party custodian. In the contractual agreement we have, beyond being a fiduciary, it also clearly states that we only have permission to buy and sell in the account. And probably equally as importantly, T.D. Ameritrade makes the statements. So if you flash back in history what this idiot Bernie Madoff was doing, he was holding all the assets. That way he was withdrawing money, buying, I don't know what, what, what he was, boats, planes, whatever he was buying. And then he was sending you a fake statement because he also controlled the statement. Right. By removing those responsibilities to a third party, now, it, it really makes it impossible because we don't have any access to those assets and we don't create the statements. The third party does. So if you're working with an independent advisor, I think that type of structure or relationship really becomes important. And, and I know out there from dealing with clients, it's a fear that a lot of people have. And maybe it's awkward or uncomfortable to ask the question, but, you know, I really encourage you, empower you. You need to be your own advocate. Check Better Business Bureau, check FINRA.org, click on the button that says for investors, broker check, type in the broker, or the advisor's name, You know, look into their background a little bit. And I would want to clearly know that I'm working with a third-party custodian. I'd like a separate set of eyes that's holding the assets and making the statements outside of the advisor. I think that would be clearly important and and really help protect you a little bit. And do your homework, too. Know how that advisor gets compensated. There's a difference between a
2: broker and and what they call a fiduciary. And we've talked about this in the past. There was a a fiduciary law, uh, the fiduciary rule that was supposed to go through uh, saying that everybody in the industry was going to have to be a fiduciary going forward. That's not the case anymore. That law, uh, got dismissed. So you really have to, again, be your own advocate and do some research on what are the fees that you're paying internally in some of the, the funds or mutual funds. Uh, how is that advisor compensated? Are you in a lot of uh, Class A funds, meaning there's an upfront load, or uh, Class B funds that have a back-end load, which is a commission to the advisor? So you want to know how much that is because it can be upwards of 5 or 6% sometimes. That's a lot of money depending on how, you're, how much you're putting into that fund. So know not only who you're working with, but how they get paid and, and what kind of fees are going to build up internally in that account.
1: Yeah. And to your point, Brad, I think, too, maybe their philosophy, right? Because some of us have different philosophies on on how to approach investments or management. Doesn't mean that one's right or wrong, but you want to find someone whose philosophy you kind of buy into or falls in line with yours. Maybe it's a really tactical person, almost day trading, right? I mean, in and out of things very quickly and That may or may not work, that may or may not match your style, it might be a little bit more aggressive, Um, you know, it might incur some more fees, or it might match you perfectly, or you might have that kind of just long-term focus person where you buy something, you hold it forever, no matter what. You're in it for the long haul, it's just a paper loss, hang in there. You know, again, that's a style, not necessarily my style in retirement, but you know, you want to find that style that matches yours. We probably fall somewhere in between, right? Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. think the one luxury people give lose excuse me, in retirement is the luxury of time. So although I don't believe in day trading, I also don't believe in saying you're in it for the long haul. It's just a paper loss because now is the time where we need to make withdrawals. And the last thing you want to do is start to withdraw when the market's down. So that becomes a challenging thing. So being able to adapt and adjust to the market you know, and say, okay, it's time for a rebound. For example, we just rebalanced at the end of June here. Last one was back in November. The one before that was a year previous, right after the presidential election. So there's going to be big changes in the economy that drive those decisions. After the break, let's talk a little bit more about the target day funds and some of the pros and cons. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. Getting you ready for retirement the right
0: way. This is Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ.
1: Good afternoon, and thanks for spending some of your Saturday afternoon with us. This is the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. I'm Tony Drake, certified financial planner with Drake and Associates, wealthwisconsin.com, talking about a great topic today, Brad, and that's target date funds. Mm-hmm you know, really growing in popularity. A lot of folks are choosing them. I think it's just a simple way to say, hey, let me put my 401k in something that's going to be managed. I'm just uncomfortable, you know, picking and choosing, and it's just not what I do. And as we know, statistically, most people that are picking funds, not not all, there's some that do a great job, but most people that are picking funds in their 401ks, On average, don't get a great rate of return. So I know there's some pros, and just like any investment, there's going to be pros and cons to them, no, Brad.
2: Yeah, conceptually, target date funds are great. Uh, they're, they're a simple solution for people who either don't want to deal with investing or who may be intimidated by money. So, uh, they're a good option for investors who have hands-off approach and, and who wouldn't rebalance their own investments during different market periods. Uh, target date funds are also good for do-it-yourself investors because they're more comprehensive strategies, uh, than picking the, the past performance and, and doing that way. So, uh, you know, it's a good way to do-it-yourself, um, I always say with the target date funds, you just have to be careful. The nice thing about them is they're going to be diversified inside of the target date funds. It's better than just picking three of the other funds available to you in the 401K. And oftentimes in a 401K, you don't have a whole lot of options. So the fact that they have these target date funds and you kind of have an idea of what year you want to retire – um, it, it can be really helpful to put some of that money inside of the 401k into one of these funds that kind of does it for you. You know, the closer you get to retirement, the more it's going to pull back on that risk. And it's meant to be a fund that you can keep and, and buy and hold for a long period of time. So uh, it can be a great fund for a lot of folks. You know, a lot of people that come in, Tony, I meet with them and and they just don't want to have anything to do with picking the, the funds inside their 401k. They've never dealt with it in the past. They get very unsure about what to do. It can be really uncomfortable because this is, the money and people know it. This is the money that you have to live on. So you don't want to make any mistakes. You don't want to have to go through another 2008 and lose 30% of that portfolio. Um, So these are good options to at least be kind of hands off with it.
1: Yeah, I think you bring up a great point there, Brad. And, you know, I, I guess like with the pros, there's always some downsides as well. And, you know, I think some of the limitations to the target date funds is they're just not individualized for someone's specific situation. And, you know, what I mean by that is they treat every person who will retire in a certain year the same. And we know we're not all the same. I think one of the things we do well and when I teach classes to to other advisors around the country is asking, you know, I'm really taking the time. Instead of jumping, oh, hot fund or hot money, man, all important stuff, but really important conversations before that, you know, what's the why? What does retirement mean for you? What are you trying to – is it – you know, working on a hot rod in a garage? Is it donating a lot of money or time to charities? Is it spending time with the kids and grandkids, traveling the world? There could be a lot of different answers. So you know, everybody's situation is different. Um, some people have different income needs, lifestyles, resources, you know, and you should have an individualized income plan for your retirement. And a target date can't do that another downside is that a lot of people aren't digging deep enough to find the best target date fund when it comes to internal costs. You and I talk about that a lot, Brad. Those fees are eating folks alive. Mm-hmm. Again, a lot of great resources today. Yahoo, dot FINRA.org has a, a good fund analyzer where you can really see those internal costs nowadays and, and educate yourself. You know, some of the assets are, allocation is different, how the funds are managed. And Folks just aren't taking the time to figure out how to incorporate a target date fund into their overall strategy. They're just kind of picking it and forgetting it. If you have a Roth or traditional IRA, how are the two complementing each other? Target date fund should be part of a complete retirement plan. That's one of the things we offer, Brad. We also have some great classes coming up. We just wrapped up not too long ago at the Sussex Civic Center. We had some great classes specifically on Social Security. A lot of folks don't realize there's 500 different ways, you know, to to turn that on. And for the folks that were there, Brad put him to sleep. He took us through all five. No, I'm kidding. But, you know, we had a great couple of groups where we educated folks on, on how to maximize their Social Security. If we can get more out of Social Security, we don't have to take as much out of the nest egg. So that can be really important. So, you know, I, I think attending those classes can be great for folks. You can see the upcoming classes at wealthwisconsin.com. That's WealthWisconsin.com. Again, as always, I'm going to apologize ahead of time. They've gotten pretty popular. They fill up very quickly. We always have a couple of people that just show up, and I feel terrible, but we have to turn them away at the door um, because we always have a capacity room, and we just can't. You know, It's not fair to the people that registered ahead of time. So do need people to register by visiting WealthWisconsin.com. That's WealthWisconsin.com, or you can always call the office, At 414-409-7226, that's 414-409-7226. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. Preparing you for the ultimate vacation.
0: Here's more of Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ.
1: Welcome back to the Retirement Ready Show. I'm certified financial planner Tony Drake with Drake & Associates Wealth. Wisconsin.com, that's WealthWisconsin.com, and Brad is here with me today and talking about a great topic. A lot of folks are really diving in deep into these target date funds, can be a great solution for some folks. You know, we talked about some of the pros and cons, there's always some limitations to any investment decision you make, but, you know, I, I think it can be a great decision. Um, now, I understand we have a question, so for folks that want to ask questions, we really encourage those, you can email us at radio at wealthwisconsin.com. That's radio at wealthwisconsin.com. You can also see an entire list of the upcoming classes we have just finished up a couple weeks ago, some great ones at the Civics, uh, excuse me, Sussex Civic Center on Social Security and how to get more income out of Social Security. And you can register right at WealthWisconsin.com. But we have a question this week, Brad? Yeah,
2: I like this question, especially along with this topic, because it's not only what you're invested in, but what accounts to draw from first once you get to retirement. So Rick has a question. He has a number of different accounts. He has a Roth, a brokerage account, traditional IRAs. He's wondering, how do you figure out which one to draw from first once you get to retirement?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. A little bit of a complex question that would require maybe a few more questions before I can answer him directly. But I think bigger picture. So if we zoom out, let's let's zoom out to the thirty thousand foot level to address his question, rather than diving into the specifics. I think this points back to the fact that folks need tax strategies. It's probably the biggest area or the biggest missing link. i I'd, I'd say that folks aren't addressing in their portfolios. Brad, you and I meet some great people. Um some are more organized than others, but even the ones that come in very organized, some have even built their own spreadsheets, maybe in Excel or otherwise and you know, they have their assets in, they figured out their budgets and they're really trying to tackle this big question which boils down to do I have enough money am I going am I going to run out of money, right? I mean, it's that longevity question that we all work, kind of worry about and think about by far the number one fear for retirees or folks rapidly approaching that stage of life. And the biggest area I see missing on those spreadsheets that people make themselves are, you know, taxation and inflation. You know, we know inflation can be an ugly monster. I mean, you and I talked about, you know, when Social Security turned on, average life expectancies back then, you know, it was only a couple years. If you're living a couple years in retirement, well, who cares about inflation, right? I mean, think about... Cost of milk, you know, two or three years ago versus today, maybe it's a little different, but probably not enough to make or break your your budget. But if you think about a gallon of gas 20 years ago or 30 years ago, you know, it's phenomenally different. And if we don't account for that, that can absolutely eat you alive. And then the other area, and this is an area, I think most advisors probably account for inflation pretty well. But in the classes I teach, I see a lot of folks that are missing the tax strategies. It may be, you know, admittedly, it's an area, it does take a lot. I mean, it takes a lot of time and effort to really educate yourself. And I'm I'm not a CPA by any means. I'm a certified financial planner, but I'm not a certified accountant. I want to be clear about that. But, you know, there's a lot you can do to educate yourself. And there's some phenomenal things you can do to really affect your taxes over the next 20 or 30 years. And I think, What good CPAs do typically, I'm generalizing here a little bit, but they tend to look at your taxes this year Mm -hmm. and say, what can I do to get you paying the lowest tax bill this year, which is great, but sometimes maybe we're in a little bit lower tax bracket and there's some things we can do now that might mean a little bit larger tax bill this year, but maybe it means my money lasts five, 10, 20 years longer. Or maybe when I look at average life expectancy, it means I have 50% more or 100% more to pass on. And then we can start thinking about what's the tax impact for generations to come, not just this year. And I think that bigger picture, that bigger planning is what a lot of people are missing. And remember, you know, people love Trump or they hate him, right? A divisive figure, right? But, you know, this new tax bill is here. But remember the individual tax cuts. It's only you know an eight year reprieve here, so I, I look at it for some folks that taxes will be on sale. Maybe there's some opportunity for retirees that find themselves in a little bit lower tax bracket with this new tax code where we can do some bracket bumping. We can get some taxable dollars growing coming out income tax free and maybe substantially change how long their their pardon me, their money lasts or substantially change how much they're leaving to their kids or grandkids or loved ones or charities. Maybe there's some things with required minimum distributions you can do to take money out of that and not pay the taxes. But it's a missing piece I think a lot of people aren't looking at. So have to ask some more questions to answer which accounts to start from first. It really depends on the goals. But I think he points to a bigger question, which is, you know, most advisors and most people just aren't planning for the tax situation. I think that's a really important thing to accomplish that we can help folks with. After the break, we'll jump back into the target date funds and talk about is it smart to have one fund and put all your money in that target date fund. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ.
0: Answering all of your retirement questions on Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on
1: WTMJ. Welcome back, and thanks for spending a little bit of your Saturday with us. This is the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. I'm Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates, WealthWisconsin.com, covering a great topic today, the growing popularity of target date funds. And I think, you know, Brad, we talked about some of the pros and cons, the ease of use, you know, the rebalancing that happens in the fund, but I think it bears a good question, does it make sense to have one fund and put all of my all of my retirement assets into that fund?
2: Well, a decade ago, only 13% of people with a 401k were invested in a a single target date fund. Today, Vanguard says more than half of investors have a single target date fund. So Vanguard believes that there's more than three quarters of investors will have a single target date fund in their 401k by 2022. So although target date funds have their advantages, putting 100% of your holdings in a single fund may be overdoing it a little bit. So anytime you're putting all your eggs in one basket, it's not a great Solution: There are ways to diversify your target date funds. Uh, you can look at different providers. There's different years, uh, the different risk levels, and that's where you want to sit down with somebody. Uh, maybe they provide somebody at work that you can sit down and talk to it, an advisor that comes in once or twice a year, or maybe you can go, you know, somewhere like Drake and Associates where we can put a plan together, show you how much risk you have, what are the internal fees of these different accounts, all that kind of stuff that adds up. But you don't want to put everything in one in in one fund because You know, that's a lot of eggs in one basket.
1: Yeah, it sure is. And I think, you know, that's what it comes down to is diversifying a little bit. I think people assume all target date funds are created equal, and they're not. You know, target date funds look different with each provider. You might have different custodians or or think of it almost like a different manufacturer of that fund, and they're made up of different percentages of equities. Some are actively managed, while others might be entirely index funds nice part about index funds, they should have pretty low internal costs, but maybe you want some more active management in some of them. You know, you have the option, which we generally recommend investing in a fund for the same year from different providers. That could be a, a pretty simple way to do that. And another simple way of, of achieving diversification is to diversify the dates. You know, if you choose different years for your target date funds, for example, a 2045 and a 2050, theoretically the 2050 target date fund would have slightly higher risks because you know what you're saying to that fund manager is i'm not going to retire as soon even if you plan to you know it's going to be a little bit more active or excuse me a little bit more risky in those early years and that means you should get a better reward during the good years on wall street but you're also going to get a bigger sting in a bad year so it's about you know i think coming down to to having that plan and, and being mindful about it so you know, Brad, if folks are maybe sitting down in your office talking to you, how, how do you choose? What do you do there? Well, investors should be looking at the target date fund's prospectus, number one, and their cost. It
2: used to be really complicated to understand how they worked. Uh, you had to sort through all these different pages and pages of the prospectus, try to find the fees that are buried inside of that prospectus. So with the online tools uh, today, we talked about it a little bit earlier. It's, it's very easy to understand. You can go to a website like FINRA.org, F-I-N-R-A. And plug in the fund that you're looking for. They have a little uh, section called Tools and Calculators. You can put in the, the ticker symbol, and it will show you the internal fees. It will show you what the commissions are. It will show you how it's performed over the past 20 years. And it, it can be really helpful in trying to plan out uh, the future. How much do you want to pay in fees? How much are you expecting to do? So that's one big thing. We, in some of the classes that we teach, we'll actually walk everybody through how to be your own
1: advocate and how to look this stuff up so you can do it on your own. Yeah, and I think those can be a great place it is, just again, empowering yourself, educating yourself, you know, coming to one of those educational classes. There's some specifically on Social Security. We have some coming up talking about, you know, taxation, required minimum distributions, how that all kind of weaves together later this fall. You know, it's such a great time in the summer. It's hard to get people tied down. Yeah. But later on this fall, we're going to have some two-week courses at some of the surrounding colleges where we really take an in-depth dive on how to create an income plan and really tackle some of these tax issues. And for folks that want to see those upcoming classes, you can visit WealthWisconsin.com. That's WealthWisconsin.com. But, you know, I I think your fee point is a good one. You know, as a fiduciary, and understand that fiduciary conversation. Fiduciary has to put your your interests first, and some are, some aren't. Great question to ask someone you're working with, but we're very fee sensitive. So we like to look at those internal costs. You know, good news, you know, fees have been dropping. Average fee on a $10,000 investment, you know, is about $66. That's compared to about 103 back in 2009. So, you know, is it actively managed or is it more passive? A couple different things you want to look at, but educate yourself on the fees. I think that's really an important thing to do. And, again, if you don't know how to do that when you sit down with us, we'll help you take a look at it. If a class isn't your cup of tea, you can always contact us at the office at 414-409-7226. That's 414-409-7226. We'd be happy to sit down with you directly as well. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ.
0: Walking you through your retirement plan. Here's more of Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ.
1: Good afternoon. This is the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. I'm certified financial planner Tony Drake with Drake & Associates, WealthWisconsin.com, joined by Brad Allen. Happy Saturday. Absolutely, buddy. (laughs) Always welcome questions for folks who want to write those in. You can reach us at Radio at WealthWisconsin.com. That's Radio at WealthWisconsin.com. Discussing a great topic today, Brad. All afternoon here, we've been talking about target date funds, some of the pros and cons, how to choose them, what to look for. We also, I think, got on a great topic about empowering yourself to be your own advocate, how to really try to safeguard yourself from a uh, Bernie Madoff, if you will. Really investigate internal costs of funds, and, and you know, really structure your portfolio to really maximize it and be working for you. But I I think that that bears a question when it comes to target day funds. Well, okay, so I picked a date when I think I'm going to retire, but for all the great listeners out there that are already retired or now, you know, it's funny how time happens, right? You know, it's 2018 here and you pick a 2030 fund and it seems so far away and then you wake up one day and it's 2030, Right. right? Now I'm retired. What do I do with that? Do I keep it? How do I handle that, Brad? Whether a retiree should stick with that that
2: target date fund depends on their individual situation. So their income and and maybe what they're trying to accomplish, what they want to do, do they want to travel. The retiree should consider the fact that a target date fund is going to be really, really conservative, especially after they hit that target date you know, a lot of the risk is is out of that fund at that point. So they have a large income need in retirement. They may need to be a little bit more aggressive and keep up with inflation. And, and, and depending on how much you're withdrawing throughout your retirement and throughout the year, it may make sense to roll to your target date into an IRA where you can have more options for investing and have a little bit more control of the risk that you're taking. So uh, a flexible in, investment strategy allows you to take advantage of opportunities that, that come up and uh, can come up down the road. So connecting with a financial professional, maybe the best move to ensure that your money's working for you. So remember, there's no better time than starting uh, now to take control of your finances. So whether you're before retirement, you're in retirement, you've been in retirement for years, you want to just sit down with somebody, make sure you're in the right spot, make sure that you're not taking unnecessary risk, you're not paying unnecessary fees, you know, get the most for the the least amount of risk that you can.
1: And I think, you know, you bring up a a good point about now being the time, right? But I think that process, you know, this is something you and I talk about, Brad, but that process can be overwhelming mm-hmm. for people. In particular, maybe they've managed their own assets, and who knows? Maybe in retirement they just decide, okay, now it counts, and I'm a little bit more nervous to make a mistake, or maybe they have a spouse and they're concerned about their spouse. Maybe he or she's just not in the finances, and they're concerned, what if something happens to me? So, you know, just to maybe help take some of the fear out of the process Let's say, you know, I've managed my own 401k, I'm now retired, I come in, Brad Samana. Decide to sit down and meet with Brad. Of course, there's no cost or obligation. Walk me through. What does that look like?
2: Well, first, we're going to take a look at where you are today, your current uh, scenario. So going through how much risk you actually have, what are the internal fees? Uh, What if you went through a a big downturn in the market? What if 2008 happened again? How much would you lose with the exact holdings that you have? But not only that, what, what happens in a great market? You remember 2013? That was a pretty good year. What if we ran you through something like that? And it just shows you through the ups and the downs of the market, how how does your portfolio perform and we can show you with what you have today with uh, a pretty high inflation we use 3.24 percent for inflation uh pretty low rates of return we only use four percent rate of return in, in some of these scenarios just to show you what it looks like with high inflation low rates of return how long does your money last because if you can make it to a hundred years old and still have money left over through these tough scenarios there's not as much to worry about uh when it actually does happen so once we go through the current scenario then if there's any You know, tax strategies or ideas that we have, we'll throw that in there for you as well so that you have an idea of not only how does it look today, but how can I make it better tomorrow?
1: Yeah, and for those folks, maybe you're not quite ready to make that decision to sit down one on one. Again, there's never any cost or obligation, but always have the opportunity to just educate yourself. You decide, you know, after that, you don't want to sit down at all. You know, I think educating yourself always helps. You can do that through one of our upcoming classes. Easiest way to see the upcoming schedule is to visit the website at wealthwisconsin.com. That's wealthwisconsin.com. We do some classes specifically on Social Security, 500 different ways to turn that on. We just had a couple great groups out Mm -hmm. there in Sussex, and we went through that. We have some upcoming about required minimum distributions. And to hit your point, you know, taxation, how do I implement these tax strategies? We do need folks to register ahead of time, though, so please make sure you sign up for that at WealthWisconsin.com or by calling the office at 414-409-7226. That's 414-409-7226. Next week, we're going to be talking about that big hot topic, will Social Security be around in the future and for you? Latest report shows that there's only enough money left to fund benefits for about another 16 years. Now, the headlines can be pretty scary and stressful, but we'll talk about how accurate is that information. Brad wants to debunk five of the biggest Social Security myths, so you're going to want to tune in and listen to that. Thanks for spending some time with us. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. The
0: proceeding was a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during retirement ready are solely that of the hosts or guests of Drake and Associates, and not WTMJ Radio or Scripps Media Incorporated.